Uh, we welcome you in. Hope you have your Bible or your tablet, your phone, whatever you're using tonight. We're just going to get in the Word of God for the next few minutes. And we're always excited about the Word. We're always excited for revelation, uh, faith, all of that that we get as we dig into the Word of God. So let's go before the Lord tonight in prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you, Father, that you are our Father, first of all. You are our loving and great Heavenly Father, and we thank you for everything that you are and everything that you encompass. You are love, and you love us with an everlasting love, and we thank you for that love tonight. It's your love that helps us in every area of our lives. It's your love and compassion that helps us and that has assisted us to this point and that will assist us until you come. And so we thank you for your love, your grace, your favor that's upon our lives. And we thank you for the precious Holy Spirit who is with us this evening. He's in us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. And Holy Spirit, we welcome your ministry tonight. We ask that you would uh, reveal to us the things that you desire for us to know and understand. We don't just want to know it. We want to fully comprehend. And you said that we can comprehend. And so we can understand the deep things of God. And so we thank you and we praise you for that tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Some say that, you know, uh, there's the verse of scripture that says his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And that's absolutely true. And, you know, people will say, we can't know what the mind of the Lord is. Uh, but then the, the scriptures say that we have the mind of Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, and that we know all things. And then it talks about the Holy Spirit giving us insight and understanding and revelation so we can know more. <laughs> and he said he wants us to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, length, depth, and height of his love. When you understand that he is love and that all that love encompasses, you understand God. <laughs> you'll fully know him. So yes, his thoughts, but he doesn't want us to remain with lower thoughts. He wants us to up-level our thinking and come up to his way of thinking. Amen? Well, that's free. Okay, hope you enjoyed Sunday with uh, Pastor Sam and Sherilyn. They had a wonderful time. They always enjoy coming here. It's like family. And so thank you for loving them and welcoming them. Uh, his message on passion for the harvest is still stirring in my heart. Uh, just a, a, a great message, a great reminder to look up. <laughs> look up. You know, sometimes I would even catch myself walking into work, that eight-minute walk, looking down, and I'd have to say, look up. First of all, they tell you, have a good self-image. You're supposed to look up, <laughs> not look down. And so uh, there's one, self-esteem. And then the other is, the fields are ripe and to harvest. I'm going to miss opportunities to speak into people's lives and share Jesus if I'm just about me and mine. <laughs> Working in IT... When I moved from, uh, I worked in a cancer center, which is very patient-oriented. You, you always were looking you know, forward for the patients, especially week after week, the same ones who would come in for their infusions. You get to know them. You cry with them. You laugh with them. When they pass you, you, know, you attend their funerals. So you were all, it was all about people. And then I went to IT, <laughs> and where I'm like, cubicles? <laughs> what is this thing, cubicles? 
And I mean, and they were tall cubicles and I'm short, so I couldn't see anybody. I'd have to peek around the corner. I'd hear people talking. I'm like, what is this? But they prefer it. That's how they're wired. You've got engineers and, and you know, this is application folks, the software people. They, they, they want to be in their box. And I'm like, I don't like this. You know, this is very different. And they're very focused. We had one woman who would walk around. She wouldn't walk. She'd run. And she'd walk with her coffee and just run everywhere she went. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, Donna, you're going to get me. And so she, I'd be, I'd walk with my coffee out like this just in case she's coming because I'm like, you're going to get it. I ain't getting it. But they're just very, that's how they're wired. This is my job. This is what I focus on. And this is my cubicle. If I want you, I'll call you. You know, so it's very different. Well, we can get that way in our lives where it's, this is my mother, this is my father, my sister, my brother, my cousin, my uncle, us four, you know, no more. You know, this is just my community here. But we've got to look up. It's time to look up and don't miss the opportunities to share Jesus. And so that's what I got out of it. You know, those, the laborers are always looking for the harvest. We're always looking. And so opportunities will come if you're expecting them. Hallelujah. So on Sundays, we're in a series on prayer principles. Uh, and we'll be on this again until the end of March uh, when we'll have our first uh, family prayer night. So, so far, we've looked at the prayer of consecration, petition, authority, thanksgiving, and the prayer of agreement. Uh, tonight, we'll look at two more uh, types of prayers. The foundation scripture for this part of the prayer principle series where we're looking at the different types of prayer is Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. Ephesians 6, 18. I'll read it out of the New King James. It says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And we said that this verse, the original translation says, praying with all kinds of prayer, all kinds of prayer. And if you want to keep going, and at every opportunity. And so uh, we see people praying all throughout the word of God. In the Old Testament, in the New Testament, we see them praying. And God has given us many different types of prayer that we can pray. The purpose of this series, again, is not to get legalistic and, okay, I'm going to kneel down and I'm going to pray uh, the prayer of consecration. No, it's not to do that. It's to really just add some tools to our toolbox, our spiritual toolbox, so we can, you know, understand prayer better and be effective uh, in our prayer. Not, we should not have hit or miss prayers. Anytime we pray according to the word of God, our prayers should be fruitful, and they can and will be uh, if we know that and, and if we believe that. So do you believe that, that every time you pray, you can have the answer to what you pray? Because it starts in the believing. It starts in the believing. So this evening, we're going to look at the prayer of supplication and the prayer of intercession. We used to go, we used to have prayer at like 6 in the morning, 5 in the morning at the church, uh, this is the church we used to go to. And then at, in the evening, sometimes they had it. And this woman by the name of Dolly Merced. Dolly was probably um, in her 90s, I think. She had a grandson named Jason that she was believing God for. She was like my Joan, uh, Dolly Merced. You remember Dolly? She was, like, she was like Joan to me. Like she was my, my best friend and I was like seven. 
And so she would tell us, now we're going to pray for Jason, you know, and she'd have him, a picture of him. I wonder where he is today. And so uh, she would be on her knees and we'd pray, but we'd call it intercessory prayer every morning. Well, it wasn't necessarily intercessory prayer. We just didn't know. We just thought all prayer is intercessory. That's how ignorant we were. But you know what? Thank God for his mercy. We had prayers that were answered, right? So this is why we don't, it doesn't matter if, you know, we're we are not going to get legalistic about it. God has grace and mercy. So, but we would be like, come to intercessory prayer every Friday, you know, at this time. And it's not intercessory prayer. Uh, we did some intercession, but we'll find out today the difference between uh, these types of prayers, just so we have knowledge of that. Uh, this evening, let's look at the word supplication first. And it's interesting because most of the time, the actual translation of this word, when you see the word supplication in the scriptures, most of the time it's not even translated as supplication. Sometimes it's intercession, sometimes it's another type of prayer. Uh, but the original translation of this word, there's actually five references in the Bible of the prayer of supplication, five references. Uh, one of them, and this is, you'll see, this is why I say the translation is different. This one kind of stumped me a little bit when I was studying um, and I'm reading different things that different, you know, ones that I trust that study Greek. And I'm like, oh, there is some things with the prayer of supplication and with intercession that can be confusing. So what I'm going to say is... <laughs> We're going to go through this, and then I'll give you an example uh, at the end, which will just clarify it all. It'll clarify it. But uh, one of the references, the five references in the New Testament for supplication, it's weird. It's found in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 4 to 5. It's very different because you would think we're going to see the word supplication in there. <laughs> so this is a verse of scripture, 1 Timothy 4 verse 4 to 5, that some of us use to pray over our food. It says, For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God, and that word prayer is supplication. That word prayer. So it is sanctified by the word of God and supplication. That's what that talks about. And this is a verse that we use a lot to pray over our food. So we're praying the prayer of supplication as we are thanking God and receiving our food. Now, the word supplication is a translation of the Greek word intuxis, which means to fall into a situation or to happen into a circumstance with someone else. It's the picture of a person who is praying and supernaturally falls into a mode of prayer that is so accurate that he is able to hit the spiritual bullseye when he prays. That's what that picture. It carries the idea of one who comes to God in simple, childlike faith to freely enjoy fellowship in the presence of God. Now, if you look up the word supplication in the dictionary, the English translation of that is a humble, earnest entreaty or request. That's what the word supplication means in English. It just means a humble, earnest entreaty or request. 
we can pray this prayer of supplication for ourselves, for both our natural and spiritual needs. If you look at Philippians 4, 6. Now, this is going to put the word in there, supplication. And this is, we're going to go by the English translation of this word. So be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. He uses the word supplication and thanksgiving often. It, it, it goes, it's into, you'll find that these prayers, just like the gifts of the spirit, more than one can operate at the same time. You can go in and out of these different types of prayer and they, they work together. And so uh, then we can pray the prayer of supplication. So for ourselves, for both natural and spiritual needs, we can pray them for God's people, like believers, all saints. We read that in Ephesians 6, 18, when we open being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We can pray the prayer of supplication for those in authority, which includes unbelievers. We see this in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. We're very familiar with this one. Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers... This is, these are all the types of prayers we've been in. He's saying to pray with all kinds of prayers for these individuals. Intercessions and giving of thanks. Look at the prayer of thanksgiving. Be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty or reverence. The thing to remember here is this prayer of supplication is heartfelt, earnest prayer. It denotes a wonderful, intimate form of prayer where we learn to come before God in childlike faith to freely express ourselves and our desire and to enjoy his wonderful presence. That's the prayer. So you could see how we use this prayer often. In your prayer time, you probably say, well, I spend a lot of time here with the prayer of supplication. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. If you look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 19, this is Paul's prayer of supplication, one of many. Those prayers that we pray Ephesians 1, Colossians, Philippians, all these prayers that we pray, the epistle prayers, a lot of their prayers of supplication. And so uh, if you'll see uh, Ephesians 3, verse 14 to 19, we know this well. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, we just quoted this, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you know you are filled with all the fullness of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. This prayer of supplication is prayed with such an intense desire and earnestness 
that doesn't come from our mind. And it's not something that we can make up or conjure up. It comes from our innermost being and a place of intimacy with God. That's where it comes from. Paul didn't just come up with this prayer in Ephesians chapter 3, just top of the mind. Oh, I'm writing a letter. Let me just write this to everybody. Oh, this is good. Let me write about that. No, <laughs> he didn't come up with this on his own. You can sense the spirit of God in this prayer. You can sense that he was motivated and inspired by the Holy Spirit to pray this spirit-filled prayer. And so it's a great prayer of supplication to pray over ourselves. I've told the story of uh, Bishop, uh, what's his name, from Louisiana, who he said he prays, he has like six kids, and he'll pray this prayer for each one, and then the grandkids. And he has like 21 total of all this, Leroy Thompson. And he said, but he'll sit in his literal prayer closet, in the closet, in the chair, and pray it 21 times for each. And people are like, well, can't you just pray it once and add all their names? No. <laughs> He said, each person is unique. Each person has different needs. Each person has, you know, no, I honor each person. I'm like, wow, bless him, Jesus. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, I've got three, you know, <laughs> my kids and my grandkids, you know, and I'm like, okay, we're just going to put them all in there, you know. And so Eric's like, well, what about me? No, him too. You get the Ephesians 1 prayer, <laughs> the longer prayer. <laughs> No, but, you know, it depends how much you want of God, right? It depends how much, if, if God has put in your heart and he said, pray that prayer for every single one of your kids and name them, I guess we'll do it, right? <laughs> we'll do it. And so whatever he tells you to do, but it's great prayers to pray, uh, prayers of supplication over, even over yourself. Amen. And so the prayer of supplication refers to those special times in prayer when God, by his spirit, showers us in love and fills us with the knowledge of his acceptance, which has transformed our lives. <laughs> he accepts us. We are accepted in the beloved. Thank God for the privilege he's extended to us to enjoy this kind of fellowship with him. You know, the other day I'm like, wow, he's available 24-7. Let me sit down and think about how much of that 24-7 I'm actually engaging with him. <laughs> you know, and when you start writing things down like that, you know, it can look kind of not good. <laughs> you know, you're like, no wonder I'm powerless, you know, or I'm having less power at this time of the day. We got to plug back in, you know, and so it's a good reminder to just sit. You don't know what you don't know until we sit down and do that exercise and go, yeah, you know, this, from this time to this time, I'm not doing a lot of engaging with you. I can change that, though. Thank God for the realization to change it. Thank God that he brings that to our awareness to go, yeah, I need more time with you. I'm trying to get you to another place, so this year you got to step up <laughs> in our communication. We've got to be closer together. We've got to be talking more because I've got great things for you to do, but I can't share them with you if you've got other things that are coming and getting in the way. It's as simple as that. Not, oh, God, you know. No, it's as simple as that. We need to communicate. <laughs> you know, as your marriage partners, you got to communicate. Things go sideways fast if we don't communicate, you know, it clearly. And so what about the number one partner in our lives that we do life with? Uh, we we got to communicate with him. 
He's not pushing us away. He's not keeping us at a, you know, at a, a distance. Just stay over there. You're fine. Just stay right there. No, he wants us as close to him as we can get. And it's up to us how close we get to him. It's up to us. Hallelujah. So he desires that intimate fellowship and relationship with us. And I'm so glad he does. All right. So that's the prayer of supplication. I'll talk a little bit about that on the end of this because these two prayers can work together. Uh, look, let's look at the prayer of intercession. And this is actually, I thought this was interesting. It's one of the rarest forms of prayer in the Bible, uh, in the New Testament. It's taken from the Greek word, here we go, huperento chuno. Now, if you look up the actual Greek word on this, uh, I have to, again, I spell it the way it looks. But, I mean, I, did, I pulled up the wrong website to do pronunciation, and it's like real Greek. <laughs> It's like, it sounds nothing like that. So I took the American lady saying it. I'm like, okay, say it. <laughs> so, huperento, huperento chuno, and that's tough. But this word is so rare, rare, it's really only used once in the New Testament. Once. And I thought this was cool. Now, again, I, am, I did not get this by myself. I'll be very transparent with you, because if it did, I don't know if you should trust me. But... <laughs> because I can't pronounce these things. This is, I got this part when I like to know what things mean. And so Rick Renner, Dr. Rick Renner is the one I go to. Anytime you hear me saying the Greek word for this or that, that is who I get this from. He has studied this out. He took years to do this. He's actually writing, I can't wait for it to come out, his Bible. He has a Bible that's coming out and you can pre-order it now. I can't wait to get my hands on it because it shows you how the original translation was written. And I'm just like, I can't wait to get that. But I like to know this, and I trust him. Again, he was at Grace when I was there. I knew him and Denise then. Not personally where I hung out with them, but I knew of them. And I watched the integrity of their ministry. And so I trust him. Now, I'll still look up. Even though he'll say this, I'll be like, okay, wait a minute. Let me do my own research. So I still do my own research to see. And that's where I saw, ooh, that prayer of supplication. That's like really, they're, they're having a hard time with this whole translation thing. So that's where I saw that. So I said, okay, we're just going to get what we need. This is all we need. So we're not going to dig further into it. That's what we need. So this one, I like this one. I like what he said. Now I'm going to give him credit for this. <laughs> when this verse was written that we're going to look at, that the one verse that has this, the Holy Spirit through the writer coined a word that had never been used anywhere else to describe his supernatural help. I thought that was awesome. So let's look at that verse. And you'll all know this verse. If you pray, you'll know Romans 8, verse 26. Yeah. Romans 8, verse 26. And this is just amazing. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself, if your Bible says itself, cross that out, and it's the Holy Spirit is a person, not an it, himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. In this verse, we see the Holy Spirit himself 
is interceding for us. And so that means, this is what that word intercession means. It means he is falling in on our behalf to help us when we cannot help ourselves. Intercession is a word for rescue. By using this word in Romans 8.26, Paul describes those times when the Spirit of God himself supernaturally joins us in our circumstances. He shares our emotions, our frustrations, and then begins working a plan that will ultimately get each of us out of our mess. <laughs> That's what intercession is. And when he comes alongside and intercedes for us, that's the kind of help we have access to. <laughs> that's the kind of help we have access to. The Holy Spirit feels everything you feel at that moment. He understands and he comes to your rescue. I remember Rick talking about several years ago, he was talking about when you say, Help me, Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is our helper. It says, I'm going to send the helper. He said, that word help describes, it's a picture of, say, I'm in a ditch. I'm down. I'm out. The Holy Spirit jumps into the ditch, not stands, come on, let me help you like most of us would do. I ain't getting in that ditch. Let me help you out of it. Let me get a cord. Do we got a rope? Let's get, no, he gets in the trenches with you feels everything that you're feeling and then comes and decides this is the plan this is the plan to get you out that's how he helps us he feels what we feel and he he knows how our frustration he he comes in and he's he's in there with us hallelujah Feels the emotions of the fear, the anger, the frustration, we know. But then he begins a plan of rescue. Glory to God. And that is the purpose of the prayer of intercession. It's so we can be rescued, renewed, delivered from any circumstance or predicament we find ourselves in. Ever get yourself into a predicament? When you use the word predicament, you know it's bad. <laughs> it's not an event, it's not a circumstance, it's not a trouble, it's a predicament. <laughs> and when it's a predicament, it's usually bad, it's not good. And so this prayer of intercession, and is, uh, this is the prayer of intercession, and just as the Holy Spirit comes to our rescue, we can do the same for others. <laughs> And this is where it gets fun and interesting. We can do the same for others with this prayer of intercession. When we say the word intercession, you may hear someone also say, stand in the gap for someone. Stand in the gap. That's another way to say this prayer of intercession. And we can do this for an individual. We can do this for a group of individuals. We can do it for a nation. We can pray this prayer uh, for anyone. And in the word of God, the examples that we see of this, remember, it's not called intercession, but we, we're going to look at example of this. But it's usually to pray for someone who has done something wrong and deserves judgment, 
but to hold back the judgment from that person. That's usually the examples that we see for this prayer of intercession. And uh, one of the things that we've got to know, though, about this prayer of intercession to pray effectively and to be effective, we've got to pray this by the prompting and the direction of the Holy Spirit, not outside of that, not just, oh, I'm going to go pray the prayer of intercession. you got to be led by the Holy Spirit to pray this prayer. This is not like the prayer of thanksgiving, Lord, I give you thanks, or consecration. You don't need the Holy Spirit to tell you to consecrate yourself to the Lord. He's already told you in the Word of God. <laughs> He's already told you, pray. But this type of prayer, because again, it says when you don't know, I may know, because you can pray it for healing. Um, I may know that so-and-so is sick and fighting a battle in their body. And I only know what they tell me and what others have told me and what the doctor has said. But there are things I don't know. There are things I don't know. So I may start off with even supplication for that individual. You know, I'm just going to just do some supplication, you know, or even the prayer of agreement. I may start off in another prayer of faith with them. I may start off in another, and then I feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You, no, it's time to intercede for that person. You'll know. <laughs> Again, I'll give you an example of this at the end. But uh, you'll know when you go off into intercession. It's not uh, like any type of prayer that I've prayed before. It's not pretty either. And this is what turns a lot of men off <laughs> to come to prayer. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So... Uh, the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to help us. And this is why praying with the right people is important, too, for intercession. So the actual word intercession is not used. Remember that. It's not used. But there are examples throughout the Word of God. And one is in Genesis 18. For time's sake, we won't read all of it. But you can read the story there of Abraham and Lot. We know this story. Abraham and Lot. He brought Lot, wasn't supposed to bring Lot, was supposed to just go him and his wife, leave the family, but they brought him. So they all, God increased them because, you know, God is a God of mercy. He increased both. They all got a lot of stuff, and now they had to choose. We can't live all together. This, this, this land is not big enough for the both of us. So you got to go somewhere. So he picked, ooh, it's nice and green over there, over yonder. So he went where the grass is greener. And Lot and Moses, uh, Moses. I put Moses in the story too. Abraham, <laughs> hey, why not? So Elijah maybe was there, I don't know. So Abraham, he's doing his thing over here with his cattle and all that. And Gomorrah and Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah. We know about Sodom and Gomorrah. And so Lot's over there doing his thing. And so then the Lord decided, uh-uh, the cry, there was a cry that came up to him <laughs> from that land. And he said, I've got to do something about it. There was a cry that came up to him. Read the scripture. It, tell, it says that. It came up to him, and he said, I've got to do something about it. i got to do the, the sin is just so bad. And so then in verse 17, uh, or was it 17? Yeah, in verse 17, he said, God said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? He had an awesome relationship. We know that he, there's a beautiful picture of covenant with Abraham, and that's why, you know, we're children of Abraham, you know, and so we have a covenant with God, and so we, we can read that a lot and find out the communication that they had. So they had a conversation, 
And Abraham said, what about 50? Will you destroy everybody for 50? If there's 50 righteous people, you're going to destroy all of them? Can't you spare them? God said, okay, fine, 50, fine. 45, 45, do I get a 45? Do I get a 40? Do I get a 40? Well, Abraham went all the way down to 10 because he must have said, okay, let me think. Law, his wife, the daughter, the daughter's husband, their children. Okay, yeah, even the little lambs and stuff. I'd say there's 10 people there. There has to be 10 people there. There has to be 10 people there. Yeah, he's like, so there has to be 10. So how about 10? And God's like, okay, if there's 10 people, I'll spare. Well, guess what? <laughs> Evidently, one of them 10 people wasn't doing the right thing because God said, nope, <laughs> we're taking them out. But he still spared them. He still gave them an opportunity. Thank God for his mercy. He desires that none should perish. This is not what he wants, but a cry came up to him. And he had to do this. He, had to, he has to do this. And so he gives them an opportunity, and we know what happened with Lot's wife. You know, there was, not a, there was no lack of salt in that household, and so she became a pillar of salt. So uh, then... But you ever wonder why Abraham's, I mean, you think about it. If Abraham said, how about two? <laughs> you know, but he must have not have felt the prompting to say two. He felt to stop at 10. All right, we'll stop at 10. And so I think if he went to two, God would have probably said, okay, because our covenant together, God would have probably said, all right. But he stopped at 10. And so we see that, we see what happened there. And he stood, God said, he was going to, he, I mean, it could've, he could have wiped out Lot and all of them. All of them could have been gone. The whole thing flattened and, and Lot could have been gone. But he spared them because Abraham put himself in his shoes and said, listen, please. He pleaded with him and God listened. We see another example of this uh, intercession in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30 and 31. So I sought for a man, Ezekiel 22, 30 to 31, among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me. And this is sad, that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath, and I have recompensed their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. God himself was looking for someone to stand in the gap for this land. But he found no one. So judgment came. Judgment came. And again, God desires that no one should perish. So you see how important the job of intercession is. It's important. And he's looking for people who will do it when he prompts them to. You remember Moses did this with God when God wanted to wipe out all the complainers. You know, God doesn't like complaining. <laughs> he wanted to wipe out all the complainers and start all over again. I'm like, God don't like complaining. <laughs> Tell your kids that one. That's a good bedtime story. And so, uh, you know, so he told them to repent, you know, and, and they did it. They didn't listen. How many times did they not listen? And then Moses was like, please, Lord, no, you don't want to go on your word and let them see that you go back. Okay, fine. So he listened. He stayed, he, he stood in the gap. Daniel, he was, his, his territory, he saw that his nation was, uh, they were taken into captivity and they were supposed to be freed. And, but they weren't. And so he took it upon himself to repent for them. Intercession. He wasn't sinning. 
In fact, he went all the way to the lion's den because he obeyed the Lord and loved him. But he decided that he was going to stand in the gap for them, put himself in the same shoes as they were and say, Lord, sackcloth and ashes like they do in those days. I repent. We repent as a nation. And not long after that came their freedom. And so all of these people stood in intercession for someone else. And we can do that when he prompts us to. There are examples of this uh, all throughout uh, the word of God. Glory to God. Uh, let's see, where else? What else did we want to say here? Uh, Romans 8, 26, that verse that we just read, it says that the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. This Greek word here is an all-encompassing term for all types of sickness and disease. It depicts those who are weak, sick, broken, infirmed in body, mind, and emotion. So it covers everything. It may even depict spiritual infirmity, financial poverty. It refers to something that is weak, feeble, puny, powerless, uh, second-rate, low-grade, inferior. So it, it, Paul is saying when we don't know how to pray, as every new circumstance requires or how to pray accurately about the smallest, most unique, you know, minute detail, when we don't know how to, the Holy Spirit will help us. He'll help us. So, you know, again, we have someone who's sick, uh, maybe an individual who's sick, uh, we know it's God's will to heal them, but we don't know how to pray. Like, I know, okay, I know how to pray healing, but we've done that. You know, Lord, what? so we wait on the Lord, we ask him, okay, and then you get that prompting uh, to pray for them at the direction and prompting of the Holy Spirit. He comes to our aid when we don't know how to pray accurately about the current circumstance. Uh, no matter how small or how big, it doesn't matter. Uh, then, you know, if we know that and we understand that and know that he does that for us, then we'll be able to do that for somebody else. When we experience how he does that for us, we'll be able to do that same thing for someone else. Um, I think that's important to know. Um, the different types of prayers, like we said, work together. Uh, you may start off with the prayer of supplication, the earnest, heartfelt, fervent prayer that comes from that close relationship. Remember, the word prayer is that word to come close face to face, eyeball to eyeball. And so it's an intimate time of prayer that we come into. And so once we do that, we may start off uh, for uh, our nation, for those in authority. I'm praying the prayer of supplication or for a dear friend that, you know, we know is struggling or, you know, the whole nation. It, we can start off in that way. And then from that place of that earnest, heartfelt, intense desire for that individual or that nation, then something rises up from within us and it's we're led to move into intercession. Now, intercession can look pretty ugly sometimes. Uh, I've gone into intercession uh, from supplication. We'll pray the prayer. Oh, thank you, Lord, for those in authority and all those. And I don't even know you. It's hard to verbalize it. But those of you who prayed, who have experienced this, you're going, oh, yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> it is like it comes from your innermost being. 
And the times that it's manifested that I've leaned into the Holy Spirit and prayed the prayer of intercession, it's like an ugly cry. I don't even know. I've never experienced such like you feel almost like a hopelessness that person feels. And it's like the whole weight of that is on you. And you cry this cry that I've never cried for myself ever or anybody else. I don't care. Every funeral I went to, I've never, ever felt a cry like that before. And this is why it's important that you pray with the right people. Because when that happens, what typically happens if you're praying with the right group of people and that comes on you, that intercession, they'll come alongside you and help you pray that through. And never, yeah, never end there. <gasps> so that's not where we end our prayers. We pray that through, and typically when you pray that type of prayer, joy or peace manifests afterwards. Most of the time, joy. I mean, you leave out of that place, ah, you know, or just a peace. But during that time, you hear the scriptures about travail. You hear when it says groanings that cannot be uttered. I, you're so tired by the time you get done with intercession. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> exhausted because it's like, again, you're standing in the gap for that particular person or that particular nation or whatever. Again, don't ever go there and do this without the leading of the Holy Spirit. You wouldn't be able to do it anyway. You'd be doing a lot of boohooing and crying, but it wouldn't be by the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You'll know. You will know when your prayer changes over from supplication or authority or faith to intercession. You'll know when you're interceding. If, if you yield to it. And a lot of people won't because that's, I mean, it is, a, you know, that's why when I say we used to be like, oh, we're intercessory prayers. And no, you're not. <laughs> Sit down. You know what I mean? We were thinking this is what we're doing. But there's intercession is a way to pray. And it's a way that you don't want to do it apart from the leading and prompting of the Holy Spirit. But marvelous things happen when we intercede. <laughs> marvelous things happen when we touch that place in prayer marvelous things and and this the holy spirit will help us do that i mean it it can be like a painful cry and so again men <laughs> it's it really is because again um you'll be led to do this when there's people again a nation we pray for our nation and then just it's not because you're thinking all the stuff in the nation it has nothing to do with up here oh we're going to hell oh it's, it's nothing to do with there it's it's almost like the heart of the father and how he feels and how how your heart is just open to just receive that and just okay we're gonna pray this through and I know it can creep some people out I mean if if you're in a prayer meeting and this happens especially men but here's the thing, men, <laughs> don't look at it in that way where they're just being emotional. No, they're being sensitive. There's a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Amen. They're being sensitive. 
And don't you think we all need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit? And there are some great male intercessors when the Holy Spirit prompts them. And my goodness, it just, you pray things through when you get men and women to pray that way. And so uh, it, it's, it's praying with the right people. You know what I mean? That's important. Praying with the right, start at home, you know, with your spouse and, and, with, and, and then pray when you come together. And there is a time and a place to pray the prayer of intercession. And we need to be obedient and do it as the Spirit prompts us to do it. Uh, it doesn't always involve crying. I'll just tell you that right now. It doesn't always involve crying. Uh, sometimes it can be very loud. You know, and people are like, why do we have to pray so loud? <laughs> but it's almost like you can't help it. You've shut off everything else. It's so hard to put into, into words what's happening. But when you do it, when you get to that place one time, you'll be like, can we pray again? <laughs> can we do this again? But you have to pray through that because you don't want to ever leave your prayer time and you get up and you be sulking, you know, <gasps> still sobbing, that you didn't, you didn't finish. Get back down on your knees and tell the Holy Spirit, we need some help here, we got to finish. You never want to end there. You always, there's always victory and always joy when you pray in line with the Holy Ghost and align to the Word of God. There's always victory and joy will manifest. But, I mean, it, it can be intense. It can be intense when you intercede for people. And there's, you know, again, there's a balance to everything we do. And so the Holy Spirit, he'll show you how to do the right thing at the right time, right? How to do exactly what you need to do and will be obedient to do it. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. That's the prayer of intercession. And again, it can start with supplication. It can start in another uh, type of prayer. Uh, but in those moments when you reach it, and again, uh, if you're praying with seasoned people, it won't take long to pray through that. But sometimes it can take you a long time to get there to that place. If your mind is very busy and you know you go shopping when it's time for prayer, you probably will never be used <laughs> as an intercessor. <laughs> Because you're too busy at Macy's, you know, in your mind. But it, you, you got to kind of shut it out, right? You got to shut it out and, and just say, listen, I'm here. I, we, we're here for an hour. I think I can, you know, if that's how long the prayer is or 30 minutes, I'm going to just close everything off. And just uh, sometimes when you walk around, I've found when you walk around, you can get distracted, though I'll do that if it's a long day and I don't want to sleep. <laughs> so I'll do that. But it's distracting. My best time when I'm praying is when I'm sitting and I'm doing this and closed off from everything else. I'm still listening because in corporate prayer, you got to listen. You're one ear to your prayer, one ear because people you're taking from everybody because we're praying together. So you still have to take from one ear to hear, one ear to those prayer. But I just like to just close, shut myself off. And that's when you go to those places in prayer. And, and, and when the leader sees that, when you have a leader who's leading, they see that, they'll go to you. And I know we used to, when we did prayer on Thursdays or Fridays, we take people, come on, come over, come, come, let's help so-and-so out, come on. And we'll just pray in the spirit and let that person just <laughs> do whatever they're doing. And we just help them. 
We help them. We don't know what nation they're praying for or what, which one of our brothers and sisters they're praying for. Sometimes you'll know, other times you won't. But when you get to heaven, you'll know. You'll know. And you can know here too. At times you'll know. And, you know, other times you'll hear something during the week or someone will say a testimony at church. I'm got a car wreck or this is that. <gasps> That's what we were praying. You know, you, sometimes you'll just know. God's so good. God's so good. And he, 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 and he knows that we get encouraged by things like that. He knows what encourages us to keep going and keep, we don't walk by sight or what we hear, but he knows to encourage us. He takes much, as much joy in that as we do when we hear it. That's why testimonies are so good because it encourages me when I hear my brothers and sisters are prospering or something good is going on in their life. It encourages me and I want more. It gives me hope. I want some more stuff. You know, I want some more things like that in my life. Amen. All right, let's get ready to give tonight. Glory to God. If you need an envelope, you can uh, raise your hand and Mr. Ivan will serve you. That's the prayer of supplication and the prayer of intercession. I think we've done well uh, with our time in terms of we did two prayers each week, so we got through that. Uh, next week we'll talk on uh, something else. Glory to God. In terms, in, in line with prayer. We'll be on prayer. All right. Glory to God. So we know what the scripture says about giving and receiving. Genesis 8.22 says, it tells us there is seed time and harvest. Just as there is cold, and we all experience cold, windy today. <laughs> supposed to be windy tomorrow evening, 50 mile an hour, whatever. And so uh, we can't wait for spring. But just as there is cold in the winter and heat in the summer, which we'll complain about the 90 degrees, <laughs> hard to believe, we will, but we will, <laughs> and humidity. But just as we know that we can expect temperatures to change as the seasons change, we know that there's a lot of giving and receiving. We can be sure of that. We give, we'll receive. We hold on to it, and yeah, and we'll do it. Did you get a check in the mail? Good. And it wasn't just for a penny, it was a check. That's awesome, $40 check in the mail. Amen. Oh, from the car place. That's awesome. Checks in the mail. And the more we expect it, again, I feel like we open up the mailbox and go, hello. <laughs> I'm expecting, you know, I feel like you're expecting it. You're expecting it. You get what you expect. You expect, oh, another Monday. It seems like everything goes wrong from the coffee in the morning spilling to the traffic to the, you know, dysfunction at work to everything seems to go wrong because you expect it. And we tend to attract those things with our attitude. If I'm expecting negativity, my attitude's not going to be just perfect, is it? And so I'm going to attract that. And the same with a good attitude and a grateful heart and expectation. I'm calling my vision board now my expectation board. <laughs> this is what I expect. I like it. My expectation board. Because I, I, I'm expecting it. And so uh, I think, you know, because a lot of times you call the same thing over, it gets kind of old. 
but you, you know, you still continue looking at it. But now it's my expectation board. So if you need something new, freshen it up, liven it up, call it, some call it prayer. This is my prayer board. I pray over it. And I do. I pray over it. I confess the word of God over it. But this is my expectation board. This is what I expect. And so expect. Don't just throw your money away, but sow the seed. Sow the seed. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give. We thank you, Father, that anytime we have opportunity, that you provide the seed to the sower and bread for food. You take care of everything in between. And so we thank you for that. We, we trust your word. We trust you. We know enough to trust you because we've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. I thank you, Father, that you are more than enough, a more than enough God, a more than enough Father. And so we thank you for that. We lean into you and everything that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Go ahead, Mr. Ivan. For those who are online, there's uh, ways to give that you can uh, go on our website and just click on Give Online, and it will walk you through the process there. We thank you for your faithful giving, your faithful sowing. Uh, we have lots that we're going to be doing here in the next few <laughs> months and, and, and uh, weeks and months. And so we'll be hearing more about that. We're excited about what God has in store for us, not only in this church, but in this community and the surrounding communities. Amen? Glory to God. Thank you for coming. I hope you got something out of this tonight. You are dismissed. God bless you.